Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome to the infinitely expanding show that I decided to call Inquiries of Our Reality. Anyone who's been listening for a while knows how frequently the topics of aliens, UFOs, and MKUltra comes up on the show, and it seems more often than not, we kind of seem to tackle it from one perspective. But today's guest, though, covers all three topics with a real-world perspective, which I find absolutely fascinating, and I think that you guys will, too. But before we get into that, of course, if you guys don't mind leaving a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify, I would definitely appreciate it. And anybody that leaves a review for the show, of course, I will read it on the show, give you guys a shout out, of course, give appreciation where appreciation's due. And uh, if you guys aren't already following the show on social media, I highly recommend that you do if you want to get updates on anything new and interesting going on with the show. Uh, Speaking of new and interesting, of course, uh, if you guys 
haven't already heard, I will be vending at Squonkapalooza. That's going to be August 26th uh, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., rain or shine. And it's going to be a, a cryptid carnival for all ages, as they uh, like to word it, of course. There's going to be vendors, artists, crafts, games, speakers, movies, activities, live music, food trucks, cosplay. And uh, that's going to be Central Park, downtown Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And admission, of course, is free. And uh, like I was mentioning with social media, there will be some more posts getting a little bit closer to that, uh, giving you guys a little bit more information. And uh, if you guys want to get information right now, you guys want to start planning your trip out there, there will be the website in the show description for this show. And uh, if you guys are going to that, of course, uh, let me know that you guys are coming because I would love to know who's coming out there and I'd be able to uh, know you know you by uh, by name and face, of course. But uh, while we're on the topic, of course, of getting a hold of me, uh, if you guys are interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, experiencer, contactee, whistleblower, occultist, uh, open-minded individual in any way, shape, or form, I'd love to sit down, have a conversation with you on the show. So don't hesitate to shoot me a message on Instagram, which of course I mentioned I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. Or you guys, of course, can go to the link tree, fill in the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. Uh, make sure nothing gets missed because more often than not, it seems like a lot of the messages that I send out go to the spam or junk folder because of how many links I send, of course, doing a podcast. So make sure nothing gets missed because I want to be able to uh, have a conversation with all you guys. And uh, if you guys take the time to send me a message, of course, uh, I'm going to take the time to be able to respond back to you. Uh, I do respond to every single message I get. So don't think that I won't, of course. And uh, if you guys enjoy the stuff that I do, don't forget to go and check out Bizarre Encounters, which is my other show that I do with my two awesome co-hosts, Orin and Jenny. Uh, over here on this show, I mean, we ha- we make our jokes, we have our fun, uh, but more often than not, it seems like uh, this show gets a little bit more onto the serious viewpoint of things. And uh, if you're looking for a little bit of comic relief while doing some deep dives, um, I mean, of course, we do have interviews on there. We keep it a little bit more serious sometimes, but uh Anytime you're just dealing with one of the deep dives from just the three of us over there, uh, it's always a good time putting out some awesome information while at the same time making some uh, some dirty jokes, some other jokes. Uh, always fun over there. So go and check that out if you haven't already. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. Number one is through Patreon. Uh, there you'll get ad-free episodes of the show. You'll get early access to episodes of the show. You'll get live access to, to the show. Uh, you'll get live replays of the show, which is the video format of the shows if you guys aren't able to make it to the lives, of course. Uh, there is also exclusive merch store discounts. And I'm always building up over there. There's multiple tiers. Uh, figure out which one suits you guys the best. And as usual, any support is always appreciated. And if there's anything else that you guys would like to see as far as the Patreon goes, uh, feel free to shoot me a message. Let me know what you guys would like to see because of course I'd like to coordinate it in there and give you guys exactly what you want over there. And uh, with that, of course, uh, it is the Open Minds Media Patreon. So you won't just get this show, you'll also get Bizarre Encounters. So a little bit more bang for your buck. And uh, if you guys want to donate to the show, you guys can donate to the show directly through Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, or through Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And uh, if you guys want to do it that way, you just go all the way down to the bottom of the show description. You'll see something along the lines of donate on Red Circle. Uh, if it doesn't give you an option on any of those to uh, leave some type of personalized message, uh, let me know that you guys sent something. And uh, I'd love to give appreciation where appreciations do, as I'm always saying. And uh, any support for the show is always appreciated. And uh, even if you can't necessarily support the show with money, um, if you guys at least leave some reviews, some ratings for the show, uh, you guys share the show with a friend, uh, you guys interact with the show, uh, you guys let us know what you what you think about the show. Uh, there's a lot of awesome ways to be able to support the show and contribute to the show without actually having to donate anything, but always around, it's always appreciated. I just appreciate that you guys are out there and listening to the show. So uh, yeah, don't forget to support not just this show, but any podcast that you guys love. 
And uh, the third way, of course, that you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store. And uh, there you'll find designs for Increase of All Reality, Bizarre Encounters. And uh, I will be adding some more new designs on there very, very soon. Um, I'm sure you guys will be seeing it on the Instagram or, or across social media if you guys are following the show over there. But I got a new design for this show and for Bizarre Encounters. Um, I'm just waiting for the physical copy of the t-shirt to get to me so that I can see how it looks before I post it up onto the Teespring store. So, yep, keep your eyes and ears open because there will be some new designs that are dropping over there very, very soon. And uh, while we're talking about awesome designs, don't forget to go and check out Joe over there at Crypto Theology. Uh, you guys are seeing me always wear those shirts. I'm always wearing them for all the Patreon members that see the live access of the show. And I'm always posting them over on the Instagram. So if you guys are into cryptids, paranormal, aliens, any of that cool stuff, and you guys want to wear it as some awesome merchandise on you, don't forget to go and check out Joe. He's always got something new popping up over there. Um, and I know he's working on a lot of really cool new stuff. So if you guys don't find something you like right now, which I'm sure that you will, because he has endless, endless, awesome, amazing designs, you'll find something very, very soon that I'm sure that you guys will like. And uh, everything that I mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, Ryder Lee, researcher and podcaster and producer of Raised by Giants podcast. How's it going today, man? It's going great, brother. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we were able to make it happen. Oh, yeah. There's always something that has to pop up here and there. I had the, the power got knocked out last week, but luckily crossed my fingers today. It rained earlier in the day today, and we had no issues today. So, <laughs> Dude, it's just been raining all day, every day here. It, like rain for a month just straight, like every day here in Colorado. It was wild. It was the craziest thing uh, that I've ever experienced. Rain every single day for a straight month. It was weird, but Colorado needed it, so I'm not complaining. Did you guys end up getting floods or anything like that? Because I know a couple podcasters that are on the East Coast that said that they had some flooding, they had some stuff that got destroyed. So, yeah, cross your fingers, you didn't end up getting any flooding over there. Yeah, we didn't get any floods, but uh, just a lot of rain. A lot of rain, and halfway through the summer, it hasn't really been hot, which is uh, a blessing because a lot of other parts of the United States is getting a major heat wave right now. So we're right in the sweet spot right there, baby. Boom. <laughs> Say Michigan, we're sitting at where we get the humidity and we get the heat. So we've been sitting around like 85, 90 degrees with humidity. It's been great. Sarcastically great, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I guess to get everything rolling, get everything start going. Uh, if anybody isn't familiar with your show, what you do on it, why don't you let them know a little bit about your show, what you do, and uh, what got you started doing your show? Well, thank you for that opportunity to um, talk to you about that. And well... I first started the show back in 2020 and it didn't have anything to do with um, what was going on at that time. Right. It was just, I needed a, a healthy outlet. And back in the day when I was growing up, I would always mess around with windows movie maker, you know, on the old PCs and the old laptops that would come standard with the, uh, a laptop, uh, those HP laptops and I would mess around with Windows Movie Maker all the time. I'd make these like little videos of me and my friends and uh, for school projects and stuff. And I really enjoyed doing that. And I was like, yeah, this is good. I, I feel like I could be really good at this. So then I decided, well, how am I going to get into this field? Because, you know, putting together a movie or, you know, making a, a documentary or a, a film is very difficult, especially when you're from a really small town. 
and I was from a very small town and I didn't have a, uh, a leg in the race. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start a, uh, a podcast. And around this time I was really interested in, for the lack of a better word, conspiracies and conspiracy research and UFOs and extraterrestrials and what was going on there. And, uh, what really opened my my eyes was the film Zeitgeist, which I think that did it for a lot of people where it, you know, broke down 9-11, it broke down religion, it broke down the monetary system and everything. And that kind of, you know, opened my eyes to the whole thing. And then I was like, okay, well, I started this podcast and then I can do a little bit of editing with the podcast, right? I can make the, the thumbnails, I can make the, I can edit the videos, I can include pictures in the middle of the show and uh, I mean, it started out as a YouTube channel and then it, now it's a, a podcast as well. And it just kind of developed and snowballed from there. My very first guests were just people that I knew personally in my life. Um, were they also you know, into conspiracies and stuff too? Or are you just kind of doing like standard conversation, maybe talking about some weird stuff or? More spirituality, and that's what my channel was originally based around was like spiritual concepts and spirituality. And uh, because uh, at that time, I thought that you know, what's wrong with the world? There's something missing from the world. Why is why are we this way? Why are we doing things in such a, a rigid fashion, you know? Mm -hmm. And I came to the conclusion at that time that. You know, it was a it was a spiritual problem that people were lacking because no one knows what they're doing here, dude. Yeah, honestly, no one knows. everybody just goes we're to just work here. each day and feels that emptiness in the back of their mind, but doesn't know why. And it's a lack of spirituality and passion for something because I feel like those kind of go hand in hand in a sense, because once you find a passion for something, it almost becomes spiritual. Yep. And that's what I centered my whole show around was uh, spirituality. And then it evolved out of spirituality and then went into UFOs and extraterrestrials. And then out of UFOs and extraterrestrials into MK Ultra and remote viewing. And then out of MK Ultra and remote viewing, I'm now into uh, cults, uh, UFO cults. I'm doing a huge UFO cult series right now because it's important to know where a lot of these thoughts and these ideas and these concepts come from, right? Mm -hmm. Because almost anything that you've ever heard, especially in this community, is regurgitated information. Yeah, half the time you trace stuff back else. and it's just repeated information that a bunch of people just keep re-putting back out. And then it gets seen as fact because so many people are saying it. <laughs> just like this uh, cult right here. They're called the Seekers Cult. In 1953 was whenever they were first founded, and they were supposed to be the very first UFO cult in America, one of the earliest. And this lady right here, Dorothy Martin, she was uh, claimed to have been contacted by a group of extraterrestrial beings called the... Um, Oh, shit. the guardians were called the guardians right and this was back in 1953 
And how many people now talk about the the Guardian races? I mean, if you're not familiar with the Guardian races, then you don't know. But from the people that I've listened to and others, they all talk about the the Guardian ships. Majority of the time, it really came from Ashiana Dean and her books, Voyagers. I'm not sure if or your audience is familiar with Ashiana Dean. But she wrote a lot of uh, books and claimed to have telepathic and psychic communications with these guardian races that were like the guardians of Earth. And they had ships all around the planet at like all times and they were monitoring people on the Earth. And it turns out that this lady, Dorothy Martin, from the Seekers UFO cult was talking about it way back in 1953. And she claimed that... Uh, that the United States was going to be destroyed by an earthquake followed by a tidal wave. Did she say a date or anything for that? Or is it the yeah, date that already passed? Or December 21st, 1954. And then that didn't come to fruition because obviously the United States wasn't destroyed in uh, December 21st, 1954, right? Then they pushed that date back and they said, oh, well, they'll be coming, the, the UFO ships will be coming to save us on uh, Christmas Eve of 1954. And that event didn't happen, right? So there was this guy, uh, James Fetzinger, that infiltrated the Seekers UFO cult. And this one really surprised me because this guy, he infiltrated the cult in order to, he's a psychiatrist, right? Mm-hmm. And he infiltrated the group to figure out their uh, their mental state and what they were going through whenever all of their predictions and everything failed. All these cults, it's all about predictions and all about the end of the world and that everyone's going to be destroyed, that the United States is going to be destroyed, the, the earth is going to be destroyed, and they always give a date and the date never happens, right? And this guy, this Fetchinger guy, he infiltrated into the cult and he is the one that created the term cognitive dissonance. This guy right here. He created the word and the term and the theory of cognitive dissonance. For anybody that might that, not be familiar with what that is, do you want to uh, explain it to him? Well, the way that he described it, and he was the creator of it, is whenever people need an explanation for the reason why something didn't happen or the reason why something is the way that it is, they make up excuses for it. And just like this Seekers cult, they continue to make up excuses. Whenever the December 21st, uh, 1954 event didn't happen, they said, oh, well, it's definitely going to happen on uh, Christmas Eve of 1954. And when that didn't happen, they then claimed that they were such good human beings that the uh, that the guardian ships no longer had to come and that they, their seekers UFO call then saved the United States from destruction and uh, that it no longer had to happen and that the UFOs no longer had to land and that the uh, guardian ships no longer had to come because they were such good cult members and followers and leaders of the guardians extraterrestrials that they didn't have to do it anymore that the, the world was no longer going to be destroyed, right? So in cognitive dissonance is something that's really thrown around the community a lot, and nobody knows where it came, comes from, right? They don't, and they're using it in the, the wrong kind of context. It was actually used to describe 
the people within the community and now the people within the community are using it to describe people <laughs> outside of the community. Right? Do you think that, uh, just to, before we keep going forward, do you think that she actually believed the things that she was saying, or do you think she was one of those cult members that was trying to use psychological tricks, uh, just trying to tell people that it was going to be dates that were close so that she'd freak everybody out, get more people to join. Or do you think that it might be one of those concepts, almost like, uh, like, the looking glass where you have an idea of what might happen in the future, but it's not set in stone necessarily. So maybe she was getting some type of visions of these things, but it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's for sure going to happen. It just means that there's a possibility that it might happen on this day. Like where where do you think she kind of laid with it? If just at least from your research. Well, it's hard to really figure out where, what their stance really was because they're no longer a cult. Now we can look at other cults that are still cults now, which like the, uh, realianism cult, which was founded by this guy named Rael, uh, in 1974, which claimed to have met extraterrestrials in Paris. And these extraterrestrial beings came down and landed physically, according to him, and gave them all of this knowledge and saying that the way that they live forever is through cloning technology and that they're going to come back in 2035 and that him and his group needs to build a, uh, a landing pad for the Elohim extraterrestrials to land so that they can give uh, humanity their super highly advanced technology. And I have a photo of it somewhere here. Sorry, I got papers all over the place. Oh, no worries. So I'm assuming, is that still an ongoing cult or is that cult been, is that cult done? And also, did they end up building that pad and is it still there if they did? Yes, it is still there, but I cannot find it. It might have been on the back of one of these. But they did end up building the the landing pad that the uh, Elohim extraterrestrials told them to build so that they could land their ships in 2035. And this guy was actually really smart about it because he put the date far in the future. That's the landing pad. Oh, wow. Right. And uh, he, this guy, Rael, was super smart. So he, instead of making predictions really soon in the future, like next week or next year or five years to where he would still be around to see if it happened or not. This dude's going to be dead in 2035 by the time uh, this prediction, we find out if this prediction is real or not. So therefore he can say whatever he wants, because by the time it happens, either uh, one of two things happen: People have forgotten about it or everyone's dead or he's dead. So then you don't have to, you know, uh, take the backlash and the fallout for his prediction not coming true. And that's what we're seeing more of right now in this community is people making predictions way far in advance. Right. They're putting the date really far because they're becoming smarter. Right. And every one of these cults predicted events that would uh, that would happen in the future. This uh, this Ashtar command cult, which started with this gentleman right here named George Van Tassel. Right. He apparently got psychic communication with a, uh, a group of beings. And he also developed his psychic communication and telepathy 
through a, uh, a, a Swami that broke into his apartment and taught him all this stuff. A world-famous Swami that cannot be named. No one knows who he was. Just stated that he was a world-famous Swami, broke into his apartment and taught him this stuff over a course of two years. And then he was able to contact Nikola Tesla. I've heard a few people actually make those claims. <laughs> but this guy was the first guy. George Van Tassel. Did he end up uh, bringing anything back that he claimed was fact from him, like maybe explaining like the 369 concept or just anything weird like that? Well, you would think that if you were in communication, psychic and telepathic communication with uh, Nikola Tesla, he would maybe give you some kind of schematics or something for free energy devices, right? That's everyone's claim is that Nikola Tesla had free energy devices and he could basically power the entire world through using the electromagnetic field of the planet. Right. But no, Nikola Tesla did not give him that information. Nikola Tesla gave him information on how to build a integration machine. Right. And this integration machine apparently uh, gave Van Tassel the ability to rejuvenate himself, time travel, anti-gravity, and uh, all this uh, pretty much immortality. Was there any right? claims to that while Tesla was alive that he was working on that? Or is he trying to play it off like it's something that Tesla learned like after he had passed and is maybe on the other side interacting with these beings possibly? I'm really not too sure. Um, I haven't really looked too deep into Nikola Tesla because everything that people talk about in this community uh, for the lack of a better word is wrong. It's just wrong, you know? And like, I just don't like, uh, taking, uh, the, the, there's a difference between mainstream narratives and then there's mainstream conspiracy narratives. And I promise you any mainstream conspiracy narrative is wrong. It's not right. And that is the way that the real thing that's going on is being able to be brushed under the rug. And, by putting out nonsense, bullshit stories. That's how they constantly get perpetuated because they're actually hiding the the real narrative underneath that bullshit nonsense story. That's what I was going to say. They'll take something where they have the solid piece of it that sounds like it could be a legitimate fact, and then they try to push the narrative to make it sound as absolutely crazy as possible so that that actual sliver of truth, true information gets hidden within this outright sounding absolutely crazy information and then it makes it so that the only people that are looking at it is the conspiracy theorists and the average person they hear something like that and they just instantly brush it off even if there is just still a little sliver of fact within it exactly it's non-linear warfare and that's how it's uh that's how they do it you know the the conspiracy community is just as much infiltrated as regular media yeah, I've said that a million people, times too, especially with the stuff don't we talk hear about. That. They don't want to talk. They don't. They want to ignore that aspect of it, but it really is. I mean, why has no one ever been arrested? Why has no one ever got a knock on their door if they have all of this top secret information? Mostly, I'm referring to the uh, secret space program whistleblower people, the the 20 and backers that claimed to have went to space for 20 years and then was age regressed and time traveled back to the original point that they were taken. They all claim that they have this top secret black budget information, but they're just able to talk about it openly and freely. 
No, that's not the, the way that it works. If you have top secret classified information, you are going to get a knock on your door. I mean, you'll just disappear without even getting a knock on your door. You'll just wake up in the middle of the night and just be somewhere else and never get heard from again. <laughs> yeah, see, we have this concept of uh, special access programs, too, in the community, right? And everyone's been led to believe that special access programs, like, uh, all involve some sort of reverse engineering of advanced alien technology, right? Well, that's what they want people to believe that it is, right? But it's not. There's special access programs that for that are for uh, subverting entire countries, taking out leaders of other countries, implanting moles, you know, taking down cartels, making cartels war with each other. You know, that's real special access programs that are being swept under the rug by the conspiracy community, thinking that a special access program revolves around reverse engineer of crash alien technology, right? I had Dr. David Morehouse on my channel, and he was uh, 100% legit involved in uh, the DIA Army Intelligence Stargate program, which was a remote viewing program. Uh, it's very complicated and very convoluted. I've done many shows on it and given you the history of all of it, and I don't really want to get into it right now because we would be here forever. But he was a part of that program, and after he left that program, he was involved in another special access program that was to take a cartel's poppy plant and render it with zero potency. So he was a part of a program that created this special um, enzyme that these intelligence communities would drive a plane and spray all of the cartel's poppy plants and take the potency out of them. So you would still have the plant, but you wouldn't get into the effects of the heroin or the fentanyl that they were using. What was the uh, reasoning for that? Create, was that controlling their market? A, Sorry. Yes. Controlling their market and making the, the cartels war with each other, right? If you're selling a, a, bunk, a, a bunk product to a bunch of people, that's screwing with a bunch of people's money. So then the United States can turn around or uh, I shouldn't have said the United States. Somebody can turn around and be like, oh, hey, uh, where are you going to get your, uh, your product from? Well, you're going to get it from us, right? And that's how you, that's what it is. And, that, and we've been, we've been so sidetracked by real things that are happening underneath the surface by extravagant nonsense fairy tales. Oh yeah. Especially talking about the drug war stuff too. That's uh, something that the U S government's been involved in forever. So, I mean, like, obviously there's going to be a lot of different conspiracies trying to control the narrative on that whole thing, but there is still some, some type of underlying truth to the fact that the government purposely throws out drugs in order to make money for them for secret programs. And on top of that, you start seeing that they're legalizing things piece by piece. And it's something that I've been talking about forever that they're trying to push out the black market and make it so that they can control everything over the table and not make it so such an underground business, but they're still able to fully control the drug industry. Yes, uh, the United States has been supplying uh, heroin since Vietnam. They were bringing heroin back in uh, dead uh, military uh, personnel's caskets. Oh, I was even hearing cocaine and stuff from uh, a couple different people I used to work with that were uh, veterans. They were saying that everybody knew on both sides that the safest place in uh, Vietnam was on the cocaine boats. <laughs> 
Exactly. And then also in uh, when we were in Iraq and Afghanistan, too, after 9-11, what do you think the soldiers were doing there? They were there and they were guarding the poppy plants mm-hmm. because that's where all the poppy comes from in the world. I mean, how many pictures did you see on the Internet, too, of soldiers standing in poppy fields? Like that was all over the Internet. <laughs> yeah. So there's always something that's going on underneath what is being portrayed but the problem is is that people think that what they're covering up is the truth but it's not the what they're covering up is the actual cover-up i don't know if that makes any kind of sense or if i said that right in any kind of way but i guess the the prime example here would be with ufos right since the very beginning since roswell in 1947 the government has been saying that it's not extraterrestrials. That it has nothing to do with extraterrestrials. Right? Is it more so in 1947, narrative? no extraterrestrials. Washington flap event, 1952, with the UFOs over the White House. An uh, Air Force officer came out and said, this has nothing to do with extraterrestrials. Right? The Kecksburg event in 1965, right? Same thing. It's the same thing over and over and over again. But the people aren't believing the government when it comes to that because of all the other bullcrap nonsense that that they've been involved in they automatically think that there's a huge cover-up and whenever people think that they're not getting the truth they will create their own truth right so by them saying that this has nothing to do with extraterrestrials people are like oh they're automatically lying it's reverse psychology (laughs) it's exactly it and they're like oh uh, there has to be there has to be life outside of our planet, off off of our planet. We don't have that kind of technology. All the while we do. We've had the technology. I mean, part of that's... Since the mid-1800s. Say part of that's even a cover-up too, that if you tell the general population that everything's a UFO, even if you're trying to do it like under the radar and try to control the narrative, then if you start flying these ships across to other countries, different places, then everybody's going to assume it's a UFO and they're not going to tie it back to you too. So then in a way, it makes it so that they can do more with these weapons because they're not getting tied back to them directly because everybody automatically wants to assume extraterrestrials if they see some type of weird flying device. Exactly. Extraterrestrials. It's extraterrestrials in the sky. I've seen a UFO. There's no possible way in the whole world that it's our technology that we've developed and that we've created over uh, two, three, four, five, six decades now. You know, I mean, connecting into the the person narrative of it, too. uh, Have you dug into the whole idea that a lot of people believe that it's possible that uh, the Nazi bell and the catch? Kecksburg, a UFO incident could have theoretically been the same device. And I mean, I figured it might kind of be something you're interested in considering it's human controlled on both aspects if you're viewing it from that way. Yes, that is uh, Dr. Joseph Farrell's uh, theory. Uh, he's the one that uh, created that theory. And uh, and I agree with him, right? See, we brought all these um, German technicians and German space program people out over to the United States after World War II, right? Everybody knows about this. Everybody knows, talks ad nauseum about Project Paperclip, mm-hmm. right? Where the, the the Nazi aerospace techs and everyone, well, I think that that was a legitimate contract. That Isn't that something, something that's come then, out that it actually has been proven that that wasn't actually a real thing and it's not like a necessarily a conspiracy anymore? Was it, wasn't, wasn't there paperwork that came out of that at some point? 
well, Project Paperclip is a real thing. It wasn't some, but uh, people think that it was kind of like just a, a fly-by-night thing. Like they went over after World War II has ended, and that uh, we had won the war, and then there was all these uh, Nazi officials, and then then they decided to do it. I think that it was a legitimate contract that was signed with uh, this breakaway German group and the United States, because. It's rumored that that's the reason that the United States got into the war in the first place. Trying to take because all the scientists? Out, well, they found out that the Germans were working on uh, that they had highly advanced anti-gravity craft. Right? And they were like, oh, they had spies. They had American spies in Germany at that time. And they uh, seen what they were working on. And that American spy was bringing back that stuff to the United States. Uh, William Tompkins uh, has talked about that uh, a lot. That's not my theory. That's uh, his theory. I always try and cite people that where I know that the information came from, but um, it's a high possibility that that was the reason. And it was an actual uh, contract that was signed by these, uh, the, this breakaway German group from, and then that correlates with the Washington flap event of 1952 with the, um, with the uh, UFOs over the White House too, right? That was uh, four years after Operation High Jump with Admiral Byrd going to Antarctica to uh, to supposedly encounter these highly advanced craft, right, that just decimated his fleet, you know? And then the, the this breakaway German group that maybe possibly went to Antarctica, Argentina, who knows, doesn't really matter, but they, I believe that they existed, Right, a lot of them escaped out of World War II because they found the the better way to do it. Right, instead of trying to eliminate a giant percentage of the population against their will, right, because that's what was going on mm. during World War II. Right, they were like, how about let's psychologically manipulate them into killing themselves because then we won't have any uh you know blowback from that you know and that's exactly what they done the the germans just infiltrated into the united states like literally after world war ii is whenever the country started going downhill that's when all the psychological operations started that's when mk ultra started that's when all this interest in uh you know uh the the kgb defector yuri bezmanov talking about the four ways to subvert an entire country right you know destabilize demoralize crisis and then normalization so do you think that some of the Nazis went into Russia or because I know that there's always the whole thing with the Russians trying to push back against the Nazis. So do you think that that are you saying that that's where the whole conflict partly came from with the United States and with Russia was the fact that we had the German uh, scientists essentially as part of the Americans. So then that's why that started the feud between the two. It wasn't necessarily America and Russia, but it was the, the Germans that were embedded into America that started the whole back and forth with Russia. Well, yes, uh, there is some truth to that because Russia got a large, uh, I think, half or a quarter of the uh, Germans uh, during the Project Paperclip. So half or a quarter of the people that the United States got, Russia also got. But supposedly, which is not a fact, it's just a, a theory that 
Russia got a lot more of the uh, the the woo woo people, right? The, the occultists. Uh, yes. Because I know that there was the whole thing with uh, in Siberia. I don't remember what year it was, but the whole like B theory concept that supposedly there was a Siberian scientist that figured out zero gravity devices. And uh, I'm kind of curious if he had some kind of link, if this was after World War II or if this was before. I don't remember exactly when the story takes place, but Chaz the Dead's told this one like crazy with uh, his research, with the whole B theory concept. And I'm sure you've probably heard about it somewhere. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and that's what really got me into the remote viewing aspect of all this. And I interviewed several people that were legit a part of the uh, DIA Army Intelligence Stargate program. I had Lynn Buchanan on my show, which the uh, movie The Men Who Stare at Goats is based out, off of is uh, Lynn Buchanan. The main character in the movie is even named Lynn. And I had uh, Dr. David Morehouse on. I had... Uh, uh, Paul, Dr. Paul Smith on, I had Angela Ford, and then I had the, the manager and director of the Stargate program, which termed the name Stargate, uh, Dale Graff. So I've done a lot of, and I've read through all the documents. I have the Sunstreak documents. I have the Stargate documents. I have the Girl Flame documents because they would just rebrand and change the, the name of their program, like... I don't know, every year or every two years or something like that, right? It's really strange. It's very convoluted and it gets really deep, but... Makes it harder to follow I the paper really, trail. It does make it a lot harder and a lot harder to create a timeline. But what really sold me on it was that reading through the MK Ultra documents. So I studied through, read through all of the MK Ultra documents, all the declassified documents, the 149 sub projects of MK Ultra. And I recognized on there, what, I mean, there's a few things in there that are very important to go over. But the first thing that I recognized that there, that there was four to five different MK Ultra sub projects that were dedicated directly to studying psychic ability, to studying telekinesis, to studying consciousness, right? And then the CIA was funding funding SRI International, which is where Hal Putoff comes out of, where um, Russell Targ comes out of. In 1972 until 1975, the CIA was funding SRI, SRI International to study psychics and remote viewing and telekinesis and perturbation of objects and all these study of psychic abilities, right? But a few other things that came out of the MKUltra programs, which is very important to mention, is that it wasn't just LSD that was being tested on the MKUltra subjects. It was an array of drugs. There were many drugs and people that talk about MK Ultra, they brush it off like, oh, it was just the government messing around with hallucinogenics and mushrooms and LSD and all that nonsense. Well, that's not all that came out of those. Antipsychotics came out of those programs. Antidepressants came out of those programs. Amphetamine came out of those programs, which is Adderall and Ritalin. All were tested on those subjects before they were ever brought to market on the, for the public, for public use. I mean, that's directly where those medications come out of. And guess what? The first thing that uh, your children are put on whenever you're deemed as unruly or you're uh, you know, having a hard time or hard trouble in school concentrating is Adderall or Ritalin, right? And 
60% of the population, I looked up the statistics, 60% of adults in the United States are on some form of pharmaceutical drug. Do you think that that's like a like a side thing that just happened to have come from that project that seems to work for other things? Or do you think there's some type of like intention on pushing these to the general public, like maybe from their perspective, trying to like spark up like different abilities possibly in different people or like what's kind of your standpoint on it on why it got pushed into the general public? Because when you have a medicated population, you have one of two things. You have a population that can't decipher reality correctly. And then you have a population that is easily led and is easily followed. We are the most medicated country out of any country in the world. We have the most psychological operations out of any country in the world. Right? It's it's unbelievable and these medications were tested on the subjects during the mk ultra programs and i think that it's for a some form of hallucinogenic effect right and it's more easily accepted by somebody save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If it's like it opens up a window in your consciousness for something that's not really happening and it gives the impression that you can't quite make sense of it, right? And guess when all the abductions started happening from extraterrestrials? Around that same time, 50s, 60s. that exact same time. And guess when all these cults started popping up? Same time? That exact same time. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where I've been wondering with the whole push with uh, legalizing, like, certain states with decriminalizing mushrooms and the whole idea of them slowly starting to legalize marijuana is not so it's just like, oh, here you go, everybody just have this, but one with, like, the weed, you possibly can make people a little bit more docile and a little bit more relaxed, and you still have that idea with the power of suggestion with it when they're sitting there kind of being more a little bit more philosophical, theoretically. And uh, same with like the push with like mushrooms too. You still have the power of suggestion with that, just like LSD, different things like that. And uh, I mean, if you do get into the spiritual concept of it too, it seems like I've been saying it for a while, but they might kind of do the same thing that they did with tobacco where 
there is a spiritual tie to these specific plants. But if you get people hooked on them, start telling people that they're really bad for them, and then you give them some type of alternative, then you can have people having these same kind of effects, but minus the, the spiritual aspect to them, because everybody obviously switched over to vapes now instead of using actual tobacco after the tobacco product just went down, 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 down. And I mean, you kind of see that with weed too, that they're kind of pushed away from the actual flower and they're more so getting into all the different process stuff. Um, so again, trying to bring in the power suggestion while also trying to make the culture a little bit more docile and again, connecting in with the spiritual side of it, but taking people away from the natural plant and giving them the same effects, but with a side, like a side derived version of it by making the actual thing, um, like not, not essentially not needed anymore. Yeah. That's exactly what they have done and what they would do within the MK ultra programs too was they would do this thing that's called depatterning, right? And depatterning is uh, where they remove normal thinking patterns within your mind, right? So they remove common sense and critical thinking. So whenever you see an event, it doesn't register as reality. It registers as something else in your mind, right? (laughs) And then they drug you with however many drugs. And then they do this thing that's called psychic driving right and the term of what psychic driving was is uh well the official term of what psychic driving was within the programs was a looped audio message so they would throw a looped audio message in there anything could be on the looped audio message and you've been depatterned through trauma you've been drugged And now you're hearing something play over and over and over and over and over again for hours and hours and hours and weeks, however long they want to run the experiment for, right? You're going to believe whatever is on that looped audio message. Mm -hmm. And then they can do that with a TV, right? They can wheel a TV in there and it's exactly what they, they just started doing this after they figured it out on an individual basis and on an individual level, with these uh, experiments, they just started to do it on everybody openly in the world. And that's nothing new. People already know that, right? They know that the TV is essentially uh, mind controlling them with uh, the, uh, the, the, the repeated messages, the information overload. So you have no idea what to believe, the, the confusion, the division, right? And then you couple that with, 60% of the adults in the in the United States being on some form of pharmaceutical drug, their plans have come right to fruition. Mm-hmm. Everything that they wanted to happen has happened and they have done it. See, and everybody and wants that, to believe that MK Ultra is this really, really woo-woo concept. But the more that I've talked about it and the more I've talked to people that are MK Ultra survivors, at least for me and my perspective... I don't feel like there's as much the woo-woo concept to it as it is like a master understanding of psychology and how to manipulate the brain and not magic like what people like to assume, like even the sex magic stuff. It's not magic. It's more so just breaking somebody's psyche down so much that they don't have any association with like love and intercourse. So they'll do all of these really, really gross, disgusting things and disassociate themselves in the process and then in turn get used as like a honeypot and now they have a bunch of blackmail on people. It's all... Again, everybody wants to think it's some kind of crazy magic thing, but it's all just a really, really, really advanced understanding of psychology and how to break down the human mind. Absolutely, it is. That's exactly what it is. And you're right, saying that it's uh, that it's been 
turned into some mystical mumbo jumbo when it's not. It's really simple. I mean, we see it working every single day. I mean, look at 2020. Look what happened there. That is mine. That is MK Ultra at its finest. That's like the event. That that's like the 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 wet dream of events, right? If you would have asked Shut people six months before world. that, nobody would have believed that it was ever going to happen. <laughs> but that's the problem too: is that people they can talk about things all that they want, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, they always conform. Everybody, we've seen it happen time and time again. Over and over and over again, right? Uh, you know, even like you said, six months before 2020, people were saying, oh, the government can never tell me what to do. They can never tell me to shut down my business. I'll tell them where to stick it, right? Everyone was all, you know, anti-government, especially the, the pop punk bands of the, the early 90s and late 90s and the 2000s. They were all anti-government, all anti this, anti-war, anti all of this stuff. Right. The government can never tell me what to do. But as soon as something like this happens, it's different. Rage Against the Machines was one of the number ones that was making people get vaccines and masks for their show. And that was one band that I never thought would ever be pushing that. <laughs> That's exactly right. And it's the exact same thing with AI as well. Right. Everybody leading up to uh, chat GPT, all these uh, artificially generated photos, all the artificially generated rendered videos now that everyone is really into, right? Well, just a year ago, everybody was saying, oh, I'll never use AI to do any of this stuff. I'll never, I'll never be involved with AI or any of that stuff. And now they're all using it, right? All it takes is the, the right circumstances. And I promise you, everybody will fold. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're going to get away with it, right? That's how they're going to get away with anything that happens in the future. It's psychological warfare or psychological manipulation. It's to make you think. This is my, uh, an uncle of mine way back in the day whenever I was very young. And I still remember what he told me to this day. And it's the truest statement that I've ever heard in my life. He said to me, if you want to make somebody do something, that they don't want to do, make them think that it's their idea. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, what was that book that um, um, that Mark Twain wrote about the painting the fence where he pretends like it's fun so that the other people will come up and do the job for him? Yep. Tricking people into thinking that it's their own idea. <laughs> and what did we see during 2020? We, uh, everybody was their own enforcers. They were their own police. It was a self-policing system. See, if they create a, the circumstances for a self-policing system, then their work is done. They don't have to do anything. They can just sit back. They don't have to enforce anything. All they have to do is instill fear in at least 25% of the crowd, and then that 25% will try to control the other 75%. <laughs> And that's what's going to happen. And that's how it's, it's going to continue to work. And I'm not making any predictions because like I've been studying all these UFO cults, the Ashtar command cult with uh, George Van Tassel here. 
many people after George Van Tassel claimed that uh, the, the Ashtar Command was going to be landing their ships in the nearby future and that they were going to greet humanity and that they were going to share their technology just like all the other previous cults and never happened. And then they had to rebrand themselves. Uh, whenever the internet came out in the mid-90s, they started using the internet to propagate their uh, made-up nonsense fairy tale Ashtar Command uh, stories. And then it's still a thing today. People still claim to channel Ashtar and this Ashtar command guy. And not knowing that it came from this dude, George Van Tassel, that had all of these claims way back in the day. See, all you have to do is put out a thought and an idea that sounds familiar to people that is plausible enough to believe and then that thought and that idea takes on a life of its own. And this guy, George Van Tassel, was working with another gentleman that was basically pushing out all of his uh, theories and all of his channelings from the Ashtar command. And then George Van Tassel started getting mad at this gentleman that was uh, putting out all of his content, saying that other people's channeled messages from Ashtar are incorrect, that they're wrong. And only this George Van Tassel guy uh, is in direct communication with uh, Ashtar, just like Rael from the Raelian cult. After he started his cult in 1974, he created this group of uh, people. This uh, the, the first cult. It wasn't called um, Raelianism. It was called something like the the welcoming of the uh, creators of humanity, the Elohim. Right. And the people within that group decided that they didn't uh, they wanted to expand their horizons more and talk to more contactees and more people in the UFO community. And Rael was like, no, I'm the only one that can talk to the Elohim. Typical cult leader thing that they're the only one that can talk to the overlord. (laughs) I I am the prophet. I am the last remaining prophet of the Elohim. 45 other, 39 other prophets have come before me and I am the last remaining prophet on earth. Nobody else has contact with the Elohim, but me because I am special. Right. And that's what the Ashtar command cult did as well. They rebranded themselves. They turned themselves, they, they discredited all of the other Ashtar channelers, Ashtar command channelers that was supposedly channeling Ashtar before them as uh, invalid, right? Because they were starting to get a lot of backlash from their failed doomsday predictions and Ashtar command ships landing and taking people up into space and back to their home planet. So then they rebranded themselves and said that everybody that was channeling Ashtar before us was wrong. They're invalid. And now you have to follow... 12 steps in order to have your channeled Ashtar command message seen as valid. Right. And they changed their, um, their whole group, their whole cult, and they turned it new age. And then they started talking about how the extraterrestrials aren't physical. It's spiritual. So they get rid of that physical aspect to it. So it makes it a little bit easier to try to, push their narrative on it. And at least uh, just a quick question too, from your research, um, have you found that any of these people that were controlling these cults may have been linked to some type of uh, like MK ultra type program? Cause there's the whole concept about 
the government trying to basically control the idea of a cult to try to get rid of the idea of like a uh, like a, like a community essentially because you had all the different people who were starting like the communes all those type of things and they were trying to push everybody away from being more self sufficient and a good way to do that was to make it look like anything going on like that was a cult and push people away from that inner community type of living. But again, from your uh, research, have you found that any of these people may have been linked to some type of like secret government organization that could possibly be trying to control this whole like cult commune kind of narrative? Well, there's a lot of uh, speculation and theories and people have written several books uh, surrounding uh, Charles Manson and his uh, CIA ties and his intelligence ties. So confidently, I could definitely say Charles Manson. The rest of them are speculation. But like I mentioned earlier, that uh, the MK Ultra program started in 1952, right? So and then the, the the earliest UFO cult popped up in 1953 with the Seekers cult, and then 1954 with the Aetherius Society, and also in 1954 was the Ashtar Command cult with uh, George Van Tassel as well. So is there a correlation between... MK Ultra and some kind of intelligence activity in these uh, UFO cults? I would say yes, but as proof and evidence, there is not. Right? There is no proof and evidence that they were, I mean, we can speculate all we want, but one thing that, that is really interesting that I found that a lot of these cult leaders are musicians. Yeah, I even say I've noticed that too. <laughs> they're singers and they're guitar players is really really strange charles manson he was a uh singer and guitar player uh jim jones he was a singer and uh uh rael from this reality call he was a singer and guitar player i mean he still is he's still alive david koresh from waco was a singer and guitar player kind of funny they're all the front so, men the ones that control the crowd and they get the excitement out of controlling the crowd yep it takes that kind of personality that type of um behavior and boosting yourself up to have some sort of knowledge that other people don't have and then you can't be questioned because you're a uh, prophet of god every one of these cult leaders claim to be a uh, a prophet of god i mean even um the heaven's gate cult uh marshall Apple White, which I'm getting ready to do a, my video on uh, the Heaven's Gate call, but it's taken me a long time because there's so much information and uh, different theories and different opinions. Everyone has a, a different idea of what was going on with the uh, Heaven's Gate call, but Marshall Applewhite of the Heaven's Gate call, which started in 1974 as well, at the exact same time that the Realian cult started by this dude named Rael, right? Uh, he claimed that he was uh, the the son of God, right, and that his uh, and that all of his followers and all of his members were um, his disciples from back whenever he was Jesus, back two thousand years ago, right. So all of these people claim to be a, either a prophet of God, they have knowledge that no one else has, and they're the only one that's the direct connect. It's like a preacher or a bishop or somebody in a church in the, the early days of the church. You've got to have an interpreter, right? you got to have a, a middleman to uh, give you God's message. Mm -hmm. And 
that's how they uh, they rise to power. They're charismatic. They uh, supposedly have these grandiose stories of uh, communicating with God, communicating with extraterrestrials. And it's just really, really interesting because so many of these theories that we have now all like revolving around UFOs and extraterrestrials, of course, right? And I, I know we kind of mixed in uh, uh, Charles Manson and Waco in there a little bit, but within the UFO cult, almost everything that they were saying, whenever you go back and you study exactly what they were saying is what everybody is saying now, just worded differently. It's the exact same thing that these extraterrestrials were the creators of humanity, right? That they clone themselves, that cyborgs are involved, that they have ships all around the planet, that all the, the, the galaxy in the universe is heavily populated with all of these beings, right? And that, uh, that they're going to ascend to the uh, next level above uh, the human evolutionary level. And that they're going to be picked up by a UFO spacecraft, a space fleet, and they're going to be taken back to their home planet. And that reincarnation is real. It, it all comes from these UFO cults. It's unbelievable. I was reading through all this stuff. I'm like, holy shit. This is where everybody has regurgitated all of this information from. Makes you wonder if it's that or if it's the government coming back and trying to recontrol a new narrative through a new filter. Yeah, I think that it's uh, it's a little bit of both. It's it's repurposed material. It's um and whenever it's just like the the UFO crash phenomenon, right? Uh, there was this guy that I had on uh, Chris Albeck that is a UFO researcher that was talking to me about that UFO that he can track a UFO crash back uh, five hundred years, right? And it's the almost the exact same events per beatum to the, uh, the the Roswell event, right? It's like it's unbelievable, dude. Like when you when you actually sit down and, and research and go through all this stuff, it's either like history just repeating itself, or it's somebody just making up a bunch of nonsense. So, I mean, repeating back to the 500 years ago thing, do you think that there's some type of like grain of truth to that? Or do you think that Roswell may have been the first one? And uh, I still always entertain the possibility of it being a government device and they just kind of went with the, oh yeah, it's not the aliens, but it may have been the aliens kind of a thing to try to steer the eyes away from them. And everybody kind of throws it into that extraterrestrial category instead of it actually being crashed government technology that they may have been trying out. That's exactly what it was. It was uh, crash government technology that they were working on from the uh, the paperclip Germans that they brought over. That's what it was. And in order to cover that up, they had to do a cover-up in order to not reveal their advanced technology. Yeah, always just throw alien on it and then you don't know where the technology came from. I mean, you saw the same exactly. thing with the three weather balloons that, oh, they're UFOs, they're this. But, I mean, if anything more than likely government technology, but now anytime anybody sees anything weird floating in the sky, they can shoot it down and they can go, oh, it was a UFO and not think about, oh, it might be spies from another country or this from this or us testing this out. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that is the cover-up. The cover-up is not 
that extraterrestrials exist and that the government is hiding that extraterrestrials are here and that they're visiting our planet. The cover-up is from our own technology and not wanting other countries to know the type of advanced technology that we've created and that we've had for a really long time and that we've been working on for a really long time. I'm sure part of it, too, is that they can shoot down other countries' technology. Everybody associates it with a UFO. The other country pretends like it's not theirs, and then they can try to figure out more of somebody else's technology by pretending like they shot down a UFO that was somebody else's technology. But now they can't come exactly. and get it because everybody thinks it's a UFO, and they don't want to be tied back to it. <laughs> yep. Yep. The easiest way to get away with something is blame it on something that no one has ever seen, no one can ever prove or uh, have any evidence that even exists. Yep. <laughs> yep. That is how it's done, my friend. And I uh, wish people would really open their eyes and see the uh, the, the the common sense and, and the critical thinking here, you know. And but they don't want to. They don't want to see it that way, right? They want the exaggerated space alien story from outer space. I mean, you see the same thing in cryptozoology, too. I had uh, Pat Spain on recently, and he said, you know, I can find a bear in the Himalayas that exactly matches the description of the Yeti, but nobody's going to take it for the Yeti because they want to find the Yeti. They don't want a bear that everybody's been mistaking as a Yeti. Yeah, people are so... It goes back to what we were talking about in the very beginning. They're missing something from within themselves, right? And they're trying to fill that void within themselves with extravagant things that are not possible when you look at it with a critical eye. I mean, part of that, I think, is that it's hard for humans. We've gotten to a point where everybody wants to explore, but there's not that much left to explore anymore. So now everybody wants to explore the unknown. And when you make theories on stuff like that, then there's no definite answer. So it like kind of fills that void for people of the natural human instinct to want to explore and discover new things. Yes. But the, those things that are being constantly perpetuated in the community are wrong. And uh, it's unfortunate that people fall for those kinds of um, theories and ideas. But I think that it's something that's been, uh, like we were just mentioning, something that's just been programmed into us. And it goes back to religion and this religious indoctrination, right? And life after death and wanting to see something truly supernatural or truly unexplainable so bad that their mind actually creates the supernatural event or the unexplainable event, right? Our minds are very powerful. Our consciousness is very powerful. It can literally create things that didn't really happen. And the way that you take advantage of that is through some sort of traumatic event. You can traumatize somebody on an individual level or a collective level, then you can program them in the middle of that trauma with whatever it is you want them to believe. And that's how kids get experiences that they thought happened but it didn't really happen right because it was something traumatic 
to them as a young kid in their mind did not know how to process that event. So it created a scenario that the mind could process. I mean, I've said this a lot with a uh, UFO abduction. Um, I mean, you know, everybody's encounter is their encounter and everything, but matter of perspective that you hear about the whole like probing concept, for example, you know, if something happened to somebody really, really young, um, possibly being like molested, um, you know, as a young child, you may try to cover it up as aliens came and probe you rather than what may have actually happened just because it's a little bit easier for your young mind to think about something that's not worldly, so to speak, versus like the dark truth of, you know, somebody may have tried to molest you as a child. <laughs> or you just completely block it out. Yeah. You I'm, just don't even remember it at all. Right. You just poop gone, you know, but then you That's still act subconsciously to it. Even yes. if you don't and think about it, it. then it plays out in your day to day life as you get older. And then you don't know why. You know, you're like, why, why do I have this weird reaction to this certain thing that happens all the time? Why do I get really weird? Why do I have really bad anxiety? Why am I scared of, uh, you know, dark places? Why am I, you know, have claustrophobia, you know, like, why can't I sit on an air? You know, it's a, it's an array of things and it all comes out and it all stems from our childhood and our upbringing and the things that we experienced as a young kid that we weren't adequate to deal with at that young of an age. And we've just created something on top of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that's proven that that's what trauma does. I mean, kid. even to specifically anybody. with all the sex magic MK ultra people too, those were all specifically kids being taken because it's so much easier to manipulate and do those types of things to a kid's mind versus an adult, because they have no standard of comparison in order to try to understand these things happening to them. Yep. That's right. And, uh, that's what they've done and that's what they're going to continue to do. And it's going to take a, uh, a huge reflection on our part and uh, the, the population as a whole to actually get out of all of the nonsense that's been perpetuated on us. Not only, individually but collectively as well and i still have hope i hope that we can somehow find a way uh to have a better future for not only us but for the uh the future kids and the future people that are going to be here after us right i'm not even i'm not so much worried about uh myself or really anybody else i'm worried about what the the future holds for whenever i come back because i'm going to be <laughs> reincarnated as ashtar and i'm going to come back and i'm going to be a prophet and i'm going to run a cult and the world better still be here whenever i come back all right <laughs> hey man that's part of where the whole like trying to lower people's attention span thing comes down to where they say what the average now for the average person is around eight seconds is because if they're constantly trying to recycle and redo these plans and push things forward the shorter attention span they have people have the sooner they forget about things and the sooner they can try again to redo these plans again <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. And also with uh, information overload, right? They throw you so much information all at the same time that uh, you just don't know what to believe, right? And that's just as an effective as a tool as any, right? Confusion, the lack of understanding, 
you have the population drugged, you have them constantly uh, on their phone, on some sort of device, on their computer, on their TV. And that's not to say that all that technology is bad. I think this technology is amazing right now. We're able to have this conversation from states away and have conversations with people in other countries through, uh, you know, this platform, you know, but that is not the way that uh, I is leading to a, a huge technological society, right? And many people have said this. I'm not the, this isn't anything new either, but this did come from this guy, Rael, from the Raelian cult. He said that whenever he was taken up into the Elohim ship for the second time, they took him to his home planet and he was offered human Elohim cyborg clones to have sex with. Five of them, right? So this dude back in the 70s is talking about clones and cyborgs and all this stuff. And then whenever you look at everything that's been attributed to extraterrestrial involvement, right? As we want to say this really quick before we wrap up, because it's really important. Everything that's been attributed to extraterrestrial involvement, the DNA manipulation, the hybridization, the uh, cloning, the human cyborg augmentations, are what we are doing to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not extraterrestrials doing it. That is the scapegoat. We are doing that to ourselves here right now in this very moment. It's not extraterrestrials. It's us. And we've been doing it. But it's being blamed on a boogeyman, some that you can never see, never prove that exists, that has zero evidence behind it. All the while... We're the ones that's doing the genetic modification. We're the ones that's doing the CRISPR technology. We're the ones that's trying to integrate cyborgs uh, with uh, human technology, creating the hybrids. The hybrids that everyone's talking about aren't extraterrestrial human hybrids. They are cyborg human hybrids. That is what the hybrid is. I mean, I've even... When people realize that, they... But they want to blame it on extraterrestrials. The extraterrestrials is doing to us. They're the controllers of our manipulating our. No, it's humans, and it's been humans from the very beginning. Do I've even suggested too that a lot of these abductions that people like the uh, any of the big ones like the the hill abduction. Uh, UFO phenomenon, of course, too, uh, that obviously it was around the time that people were using all of these like LSD, different types of like mind altering drugs too. Uh, you know, if anybody was, for example, picked up and run experiments on how easy would it be, would it be to drug them a little bit? And even if like the people that were running the experiments wearing an alien mask, if you're under that power of suggestion, like I was saying, you're slightly under a bit of a psychedelic, you know, you're not going to see the little seam at the bottom of the mask. You're going to think that aliens are sitting there messing with you and trying to put little devices in you when realistic. It could just be people, again, wearing alien masks that gave you some form of LSD or some other type of psychedelic drug. Absolutely. And that is something that the Hills, their very first statements surrounding their abduction, Barney Hill said it was the military. He said that he saw military officers in military uniforms and they were the ones that abducted them. It wasn't until after the regression, right, after Betty gets regressed, 
she started seeing that it was extraterrestrials. Right? Because a regressionist can implant thoughts and give you leading questions. Right? You can say that it's one thing. And when you're in a really relaxed, hypnotic state and possibly being drugged, who knows? I don't know. I wasn't there. But it's a possibility. Right? Then you can be implanted just like with the MK Ultra programs, implanting memories, implanting thoughts that didn't really happen, but you're led to made to believe that they actually happened. Right? They can do that with regression. They can get you in a relaxed state, a hypnotic state. You can be saying, oh, I, I saw the, it was the military. It was the military. I saw military uniforms. Uh, we were at a military base. And then the regressionist can be like, huh, are you sure? Are you sure that it wasn't uh, aliens? And then the person being regressed could be like, oh, maybe... I, maybe it was. Oh, yeah, I'm starting to see really slanty eyes. They're really oily gray skin. They're they're now really short. You know what I mean? Like shit like that happens all the time. Regression is not used for abduction phenomenon or extraterrestrial contact. That is not what regression is supposed to be used for. Regression is a, a therapeutic way of getting rid of uh, habits, re reprogramming your life, making your life better, making you quit drinking. Well, not making you quit, but helping you quit by putting suggestion into your mind. I mean, that is the whole thing of what regression is based off of. Is putting suggestions into your mind mm -hmm. to stop doing something, to stop smoking, to stop drinking, stop doing drugs. I mean, even from people are using it for uh, for re being regressed to see if they got abducted by aliens. And guess what? Every single one of these people that get a regression from one of these uh, regressionists, every single one of them is magically aliens. Mm -hmm. It's aliens. I was even going to say, at least in her case, too. I almost wonder if it's uh, one of those things sometimes that when you're getting a regression done, that maybe somebody just can't imagine humans doing that to another human so it's just easier in their own mind even beyond somebody suggesting it into their mind but for them to cover it up as some unknown being is doing this because they they personally can't imagine like a human running an experiment like this on another human yep so they just cover it up in their own head with oh it's some creature we've never seen before <laughs> that is the cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. that right there is the perfect example of cognitive dissonance you just explained it better than I explained it. On accident. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, I guess, I mean, you're kind of talking about words of wisdom for a while, but I always try to leave it on maybe a bit of a high note. But uh, if you had any words of wisdom that you could bestow on the listeners, uh, what would it be? Just do not take anything at face value. Do not listen to anybody that is ever predicting a certain event to happen on a certain day or a certain date. They are always wrong. History has proven that they're always wrong. And no one has ever been right about predicting any date uh, of anything ever happening. Ever. It's never happened. Yet. <laughs> At some point, just by coincidence, it may have something weird fall on a day, but that'll be one of those things where, again, power suggestion that something close happens to the event and then people coordinate it to sound exactly like what the person said. Yeah. <laughs> just be open-minded to the, the information that you hear and you don't have to take everything on as a belief, right? 
That's my uh, my number one thing, right? And the way that false narratives and myths and disinformation get perpetuated is by somebody believing a nonsense made up story and then grass rooting it to the next person and then that person going and telling the next, but that's how information got disseminated, right? Especially back in the day before computers and before the newspaper and all that's how things got around was like word of mouth, right? So just take literally everything with a grain of salt Create your own thoughts, create your own ideas, take in the information. You don't have to take it on as a belief, just like I said, but just put it in the back of your mind because I guarantee you that something that I said here tonight will come up at some point in the future for you. If you didn't believe any of the things that I said, research it, look into MK Ultra, look into the Stargate program, research all of these UFO cults. And I'm currently in the middle of doing a uh, UFO cult series. I will have the uh, third part of the series out on uh, Tuesday. And I'm going to be covering the Heaven's Gate cult. So I hope that everyone listening and your audience really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you. Appreciate you for having me on. And you can find me on Raised by Giants on YouTube and on any podcast platforms. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Raised by Giants Pod and Twitter at Raised by Giants 8. And I also, one more thing, is I just, uh, I'm a filmmaker now. I just uh, created and dropped my very first uh, feature-length film. It's a documentary. And I did it with uh, Jay Widener, and it is currently on Amazon Prime. It's called JFKX, Solving the Crime of the Century. And I would very much appreciate it if you guys would go support that film. I put a lot of time, effort, and work into creating that film. I directed it and edited it. Uh, Jay Widener uh, produced it and wrote it. So it's a uh, really amazing collab and uh, a really amazing information. And uh, I would really consider uh, giving it a watch. It's not like any other JFK conspiracy documentary movie that you've ever heard before. It's something brand new. So don't worry whenever you hear me say uh, JFK documentary, like there hasn't already been enough of those, right? It's something completely different. And I promise you will not be disappointed. And thanks so much, brother, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. And uh, where can people find that on? I, I remember seeing it on Amazon, right? And uh, I will include the description for that in the show description to make it, or the link for that in the show description to make it easier for everybody to come and find, of course, too. Yes, uh, on Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Video, just type in JFKX. The whole title is called JFKX, Solving the Crime of the Century. But if you just type in JFKX in the Amazon uh, Prime Video, it'll be the first one to pop up. And it's also on the rankings. If you just type in uh, JFK, it'll be the uh, third in the rankings under JFK as well. Awesome. I uh, appreciate you making the time to come on today, man. This has been a great conversation and uh, I'd love to have you back on in the future and we can dig some more into your JFK uh, documentary you just did. Uh, more stuff you go into as far as the UFO cults. Uh, anything you end up getting into in the future, I would love to have you back on and we can sit down and have another conversation, man. Thanks so much, brother. Appreciate your time. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a review or a rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. And of course, if you guys leave a review for the show, I will uh, read it on the show, give you guys a shout out. 
And if you enjoyed this episode in particular, don't forget to share it with a friend. Or if you think that a friend might enjoy the show as a whole, you guys can send them a post from the show, whatever. Uh, just don't forget to share with friends because that's an awesome way to help the show grow. And, uh, you know, that the only way the show is ever going to grow and keep expanding is with your guys' help. So anything you guys do, I more than appreciate. And uh, if any of you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, you guys can shoot me a message on Instagram, which is the one that I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at increaseofourrealitypodcast.outlook.com or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will, of course, go directly to my email. Uh, make sure you guys check your spam or drunk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do reply to every single message that you guys take the time to send me. And uh, everything that I've mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, which is L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash increase of our reality podcast or available down in the show description. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.